welcome to the Cary Church Podcast. For more information regarding Cary Church, visit www.cary.asn.au. There are two Bible readings this morning. The first one is from Acts 1, verses 3 to 9. After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptised with water, but in a few days you will be baptised with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, Are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight." And then from Acts 2, verses 1 to 13. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in the other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now, there were staying in Jerusalem God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, Aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our native language? Parthians, Medes and Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said, they've had too much wine. Good morning. Pentecost Sunday. On this day, or Pentecost Sunday, 21 years ago, Kerry had its first service. Spirit comes upon these people 
the whole thing starts going global and they start speaking in other languages. That's the, one of the first signs. And all the people who were there from other nations start hearing about God in their own mother tongue. God is for everyone. This is not just a Jewish thing. This is global. God's heart is for the entire world. The Holy Spirit has come on these people to spread the news about Jesus, his kingdom, his resurrection to the world. For a long time, I remember reading that thinking that Pentecost was a, a once-off event, sort of like the cross of Jesus, the death of Jesus. De Jesus' death is a one-off. He died once for all the righteous, for the unrighteous, to bring us to God. And for ages there, I thought that Pentecost was the same sort of deal, that it was a once-off, once-for-all kind of deal. But if you actually read Acts, it's, it's not. It's, it's actually repeated in different occasions, this pouring out of the Holy Spirit. Not in a symbolic way, not in a, um, oh, that was a nice idea sort of way, but in a concrete, you could see the difference that was happening when people were filled with the Spirit, when the Spirit of God came upon people. So it's not necessarily a, a once for all kind of deal, it's, we could even expect it today. Missional heartbeat is always at the heart of Kerry. We've got this heart and belief in God that we can expect great things from God that's in the DNA of Kerry. And to have a prayer room just brings those two together perfectly. It's real life. And so I think people are finding that this is a safe place to really share their heart with God and to be ruthlessly honest. Like some of the prayers that I've, you get the absolute privilege of reading that people have written around the place. Like people just, it's, it's raw, it's people's heart, it's, it's real life. Well, there's, there's a heart for the nations, there's a heart to go out, there's this, there's this sense of we're here, we're at Cary, but there's a whole lot more that God wants to do in and through us and beyond us just joy in, in being in God's presence and, and, and being able to, to worship Him and to dance and to sing and to be here with other people, even if it's just to lie down on your back and just soak up God's presence. Um, these are all really good things, yeah. Later. A lot has changed, but at another level, not a lot has changed. We're still a community of his people, filled with his spirit, expectant that God will move. Learning what it is 
to live in community as his disciples on mission in this world. You can pause there now. We had... um, Brian, two weeks ago, spoke about Pentecost, and he he brought out two aspects of it. The first was that unlike when God came down on Mount Sinai and gave the law to the Israelites on tablets of stone, at Pentecost, God poured out his own spirit into the lives of his disciples so that his law could be written on their hearts. There was an intimacy and connection in relationship that was profoundly different to the giving of the law. The other thing that Brian pointed out was that Pentecost effectively reversed the story of Babel we read about in Genesis chapter 11. See, in Genesis chapter 11, all the people got together to see if they could build a tower to the heavens, essentially so they could be like God. And in order to to humble them, God confused the language and they scattered in their language groups because they couldn't communicate with one another anymore. And, And they scattered all over the world. And at Pentecost, in Acts chapter 2, we read that God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven had gathered in the one place. And for the first time, they were hearing the good news of the gospel in their own tongue, in their mother tongue, because of the pouring out of the Holy Spirit. So we see these two things. We see this intimacy that is created and we see power for mission. We can see through the Gospel of John the intimacy that we are drawn into. After this amazing picture in John chapter 13 of of Jesus stepping down from the table to wash his disciples' feet, we have John 14 to 17, which speaks on numbers of occasions of the giving of the Holy Spirit, the counsellor, the helper, the guide. It talks about leading us into all truth, reminding us of what Jesus has told us, taking from the Father and giving to us. And it goes on subsequently to talk about the fact that we would be one in relationship, that the Holy Spirit brings this intimate communion, intimate relationship. With God. In John chapter 14, verse 23, Jesus speaking said, Whoever loves me will obey my teachings, and my Father will love them, and we will come and make our home with them. This is what the Holy Spirit does. As as we receive the Holy Spirit, as we come to Christ and receive the Holy Spirit, God is actually making his home in us. So Jesus came to wash away the sins of the world. Jesus came to rescue the world from the bondage of sin and of death. And he did that because our Father, God, wanted to reconcile the world to himself through Christ. But 
But Jesus did that not just to save the world. Jesus didn't step down from his table of fellowship with his Father and the Holy Spirit just to come and save the world, although that's what he did. But he also came to draw us up into that same table of fellowship. He came to bring us up to that same intimate communion that he had with the Father and the Holy Spirit. That's the sort of communion and intimate relationship that we were created for. That is the gift of the Holy Spirit. In Revelation 3 verse 20, Jesus, when he's talking to the church in Laodicea, says to them, Those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline, so be earnest and repent. Here I am, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and I will eat with them and they with me. Are you getting the picture? Jesus didn't just come to save us. He came to draw us up into the communion table of fellowship that we were always created for. To participate in the relationship that Jesus shared with his Father and the Holy Spirit. And we have, we have this intimacy now. Yes, there will be a day either when we're in heaven or in the new creation, the new heaven and the new earth, when, when the revelation of that intimacy, the, the glory of that intimacy and that relationship will be revealed in stunning brightness. But we can have it now. We are not left to simply intellectual theology. We are not left to simply rules obeying. We are gifted with the presence of the living God in each of us for every moment of every day. In 2 Corinthians 5.17 it says that if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. The old is gone, the new is here today already. So the communion meal, the communion table is not just a picture of what God did. It's not just a picture of the cost, the breaking of his body and the spilling of his blood. It's also a picture of what we are drawn into. A table of fellowship with God. And so the giving of the Holy Spirit draws us into this intimate communion with God. But as we are drawn into intimate communion with God, we are drawn into the heart of God. And as we are drawn into the heart of God, we are drawn into the mission of God. Because God's heart is for the world. God's heart is for its pain and its lostness and its brokenness. We can't be drawn into the intimacy of God without being drawn into the mission of God. They're indivisible. Because, because to draw close to God in relationship means to draw close to his heart. And to be changed by his heart. So the gifting of the Holy Spirit is not only to draw us into intimacy with him, but to give power to his people, to the church, for the mission of God. Jesus said to his disciples, you will go out to Judea, Samaria, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the outermost parts of the earth. 
when power comes on you by the Holy Spirit. Acts 1 and 2 is a clear demonstration that the giving of the Holy Spirit was also to provide power for God's work in and through his church in his world. Jesus said in Acts 1, you will receive power and my spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses. We're going to move into a time of communion in a moment. And in Matthew 26, we read that Jesus was having the Passover meal with his disciples, the last meal he ate with them. And, and as they're sitting there, there's bread on the table and there's, there's goblets of wine. And he, and he takes some bread and he breaks it, this common element that they were eating. And he said, this is my brody. Take it. Eat it. Signifying that what would actually happen to his body shortly after on the cross. And then he, and he took a glass of wine, a goblet of wine that was on the table. And he said, this is the blood of the new covenant poured out for the forgiveness of sins. Again, signifying what he would become. But we're participating not only in the meal to reflect on what Jesus has done and the incredible price that was paid that the feet of the world could be washed. But we are also participating in the life of God. Together in community. This is the 21st birthday of our church. People have been praying for the last 10 days. They've been praying for themselves, their hearts, for their families, for their loved ones that do not yet know that God loves them. They've been praying for this church. They've been praying for our mission in this community. They've been praying for this city and this state and this nation and this world. I don't know what God wants to do today. I don't know what God wants to do tomorrow. But I know his desire is to draw all men into the communion of fellowship that the Father, Son and Holy Spirit enjoy every day. And I know he has called us and every other church in this city to that end. And we read at Pentecost how the Holy Spirit was poured out on power, in power. And the church was birthed. And 2,000 years later, we are still being the church in this world. And the scripture, Jules talked in the video about Pentecost being a day, but the pouring out of his Holy Spirit not just being a one-off event. The scriptures talk about continuing to be filled with the Spirit continuing to be filled with the Spirit. I don't know what God wants to do today. I don't know what he wants to do tomorrow, but I do know that he desires to pour out his Spirit 
on his people, to draw them and open their eyes and their heart as to what he has done and to equip them with power in order to be able to be his witnesses. In Harrisdale and Canningvale and south of the river and north of the river and in this nation and in this world. We've got some candles that have been in the prayer room and they're, they're coming out. And you will have received, as you came in, a candle. If you didn't receive a candle, there's candles on the table. Before we come and take communion, I invite you to get your candle and to light it. And to light it as a prayer. To light it as a prayer of invitation. To light it as a prayer of invitation and surrender to the Spirit of the living God. Say, Lord, do it again. It may be that as you do it, you're needing to just let go of the things that you've wanted to control, that wanted to manage. You wanted to keep your, your, your faith and spirituality in, in, in a neat box. It may be that there's hurts and pains that you're needing to let go. It may be that there is healing that is needed. It may be that there is release. It may be simply that you're wanting more power for the ministry that God has called you to in your workplace or in your street or in your home. Twenty-one years ago, a church started. Twenty-one years ago, I never imagined for a moment that I'd be standing on stage holding a candle. God hasn't finished. And I see extraordinary opportunities before us, but I know that we need an outpouring of His Holy Spirit. So I'm going to pray and then when you're ready I want you to come. This is not a time to be rushed. Take your candle, light it and invite the Holy Spirit to do whatever he wants to do. Just surrender your life and say, Holy Spirit, I'm yours. Fill me and do whatever you're wanting to do. And, and this then is a free space. If you're wanting to kneel, kneel. If you move to tears, let them come. If you're wanting to pray, if you're wanting to be still, 
just be open to whatever the Holy Spirit is wanting to do in your life. And let's fellowship at the communion table of God in his presence as his people. Lord Jesus, come. Thank you, Lord, that you gift us with the presence of your Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we just invite you to do whatever our Lord and our God desires us to do. And Lord, we pray that you would pour yourself out and change us and transform us for your glory. Come, Lord Jesus.